Well, hi there, and welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and I'm so glad you're joining me. Hey, I want to take a minute before we get started and invite you to head over to our socials, Facebook and Instagram. Follow or like us at Women of the Word CTW. This is our umbrella account that covers and highlights all the ministries of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. It includes our blog called Planted with great content, our mom-to-mom ministries aimed at encouraging mothers and motherhood, our Regarding Him conference that happens yearly each March, and of course, this podcast and all that comes with it. There is so much good content on these socials that you are not going to want to miss. So join them today. That will be in our show notes each and every week. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast directory, like Google Podcast or Apple Podcast or CastBox. It helps us out, and it also helps you out because you get a notification of each new episode that drops each and every Thursday. You can also reach out to us at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you if you ever have any ideas or suggestions or thoughts about any episodes or episode content. Or maybe you just want to tell me about an episode that was encouraging to you. I'd love to hear that too. Finally, as you know, Unshaken is a podcast for women, and our goal is to encourage, challenge, and point women to Jesus Christ. And as you know, with Jesus, we can be unshaken no matter our circumstances. Hey, let's head right into today's episode. All right, well, welcome to today's episode. If you've been listening for a while, we've been discussing contentment from the book Learning Contentment by Nancy Wilson. And it's been really, really great to discuss this book and read through it. I hope that you have been following along. If you haven't, you can always head back and listen to some of our previous episodes on this particular book as we've talked through different chapters and some of the questions at the end of each chapter. But today we're gonna take a pause again in the middle of the book and talk about a specific type of contentment that many women struggle with. Next week, we'll jump back into chapters 9 and 10 of the book Learning Contentment. Uh, Sometimes, though, it's good to just stop and talk about something that's in everyday real life, you know, and how can we apply contentment and how to be content. Okay, okay, so back in spring of 2020, we all headed home because we had a lockdown in America, probably around the world, actually, and my children's school sent them home with homework and computers and daily assignments. Now, my son Josh had art that quarter. Now, art is pretty tricky to do online. I mean, you can look at art, you could draw with your computer, drawing tools, but it's really not the same as doing real art. But I have to say that his art teacher came up with some pretty cool virtual lessons. One particular one that I loved was a forced perspective project. Uh, My son had to do a lesson where he took a picture of something that looks like it's real, but it's actually not. So for example, you might know these because people will get in the picture of themselves in front of something like um, the Leaning Tower of Pisa with their hands up to look like they're holding the tower up. I once saw a man who was standing in kind of like turned sideways and the cloud which was thousands of miles behind him looked like it was coming right out of his mouth Um, those are just so much fun so my son did this with his little brother Daniel and Josh held his hand flat closer to the camera while my other son stepped back far enough so it looked like he was standing on Josh's hand he balanced on one foot with his arms and legs all flailing about and it looked like my oldest son was blowing my younger son off his hand like a dandelion it was actually really neat Um, I actually suggest that you Google forced perspective images 
Um, Okay, not right now though. Listen to the podcast first. (laughs) Many people do these and they're really cool. And today we're actually going to talk a little bit about forced perspective. Uh, We're going to talk about how forced perspective can actually help or hinder us in our daily lives. We are still focusing on this topic of contentment and uh, we have a lot to talk about. But let me first introduce you to my guest who I would have to tell you right now has a perfect radio voice. I think she has a great voice. And I think she would be great talking as a radio personality. So I'm going to introduce to you my friend Ashley Marcus, and we'll see if we can hear her fabulous voice. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here today. Um, I teased her that it's it's just very mellow. Your voice is very mellow. Thank you. <laughs> is it always this mellow? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. I like honesty no. too. <laughs> Ashley, I'm glad you're here. Um, I know a lot about you, but our listeners don't. So tell me a little bit about your life, your family. What do you do all day? When is your voice changing? No, I'm just teasing. But seriously, tell me about your life. Well, my day starts very early um, with a load of laundry. I always throw, every a, load day. Of, throw a load of laundry in every day. Um, it piles up pretty quickly at my house. And I have coffee and breakfast with my husband in the morning before the kids get up. And that is a very joyful time. Mm. We have nine children, including 18-month-old twins. Ooh, that's busy. It's very busy. Um, And we're expecting our 10th by Christmas. Yay! Congratulations! Thank you. Yeah. My life is, is pretty busy with mundane things, but I am thankful to God for the grace that he gives me each day to keep going. That's awesome. I um I did not know about your pregnancy until we got ready for this, so that's exciting. Thank you. When yeah. it when is your due date? Uh December 18th, I think. Oh, perfect. Right before Christmas. Yes. Let's throw more excitement into this, huh? Yes. It'll be my 5th in December. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, 5th birthday's in December? Yeah. Oh. I have a friend whose kids all were born in December too, and they celebrated their half birthdays. We have talked about doing that. The kids would love it because they then, love swimming yeah. in the summertime. And so they, she always had birthday parties in the summer, even though they're, you know, in June or July. Do I have that right? July. It would yeah. be July. I got to get my months in order. But what a great idea. Yeah. I wonder if they celebrate the year before or the year after. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. But yeah, because are you going to be six months, you know, older ahead of time? Right, right. <laughs> That's fun. Well, I'm really thankful for you to be on today. And we are going to talk about something that's actually pretty near and dear to both of our hearts. Mm -hmm. We have um, a great conversation coming because I really wanted to spend some time talking about the topic of contentment with body image. And I think it's really easy in America, and I don't know where you're listening, but I'm sure this is true almost anywhere. It's very easy to get caught up in body image. Now, before we jump into the topics of comparing our bodies and being discontent with our bodies and wishing we look different and how we should combat those sins and those challenges, I want to remind you that Ashley and I are not doctors, unless you've been doing some secret doctor work behind the scenes. Nope. (laughs) Um, We're just women. We're both married. We have children and we're both believers. And the other thing we have in common is a struggle at times with body image. Mm -hmm. So Ashley, the very first thing I really want to ask is, we really need to define some things. So what do you think body image actually is? Yeah, I think body image, um, defining it correctly is really important so that we're all starting on the same same page with our thoughts. In our culture today, body image is really just a person's thoughts and feelings about their own body. Okay, that's really good. That's a kind of a basic foundational 
uh, piece to start with because um, it's very easy. Our world has a lot to say on this, which we're going to talk about. Um, let's just start with kind of explaining some of our own stories because I think that we both have, I think everybody has a body story. That sounds really kooky, but I, I actually think it's true. We all have stories about how we came to view our bodies and whether they're good or bad. And I think that's a good way to start. What do you think? Yeah, I think true that our, as women, our bodies go through lots of changes. And so yep. it definitely shapes the way we view it. Yeah. And sometimes our, our view of our body changes. Like we might, well, we're going to find out about that. Okay, so I'll start. I'll share with you like my little body story, okay? I was number five out of five kids and my dad was 42 when I was born. I guess that's relevant because I'm in my 40s now and it reminds me that habits are actually built at this point because my dad, one of my favorite things he loved to do is have a bowl of ice cream every night. I mean, I think every single night of my life growing up, we had a bowl of ice cream. Now, um, some of you, it, you know, we had it, we had it, blah, if we had it, we'd eat and we would talk and we'd watch TV together. Now, maybe some of you listening would say, oh, those are such bad habits. What a bad parent. But actually, I remember this as a really fun time. I enjoyed hanging out with my dad. Um, I, food was just a part of it. And now we weren't eating celery together. Um, maybe that would have been healthier, but that really would not have been much fun. <laughs> and I, it, it was something that I didn't keep as a habit as I grew up. Like I didn't keep eating a bowl of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups ice cream every night before I go to bed at this point in my life. That would be horrible for my body. Um, but I have enjoyed sweets and I have to say I've never been thin. I was liked in school. I had friends. I worked hard. I was blessed to be a cheerleader. It was fun. Um, but I probably was a 12, 14 size all the way through high school. Um, when I was had my first kid, I jumped to a 16, which is where I have stayed pretty much since then. I have not changed. Um, I got married, um, obviously, before I had kids, but I um, started having kids. I know that I've rolled up and down the same 20 pounds my entire life. I laugh and think about that. You know, like, there the 20 pounds go. Oh, there they come back. Like, it's literally that for me. I have worked so hard over the course of my life to lose weight. I actually did this national weight loss program multiple times, and it actually is a very good program. Um, I got myself down to a size 10. I lost 38 pounds. But you know what? All I ever did when I was on that particular program is think about food. I'm not even teasing you. I always was trying to manipulate how I could eat so I could eat something else, what I could eat. I looked at some things that are very natural and normal as being bad. Um, one really great example of that is um, a lot of red meat was not was higher calorie and I looked at it as negative. So um, it was really interesting to look at that now. I don't think those programs are bad. I just think for me, it swallowed up my brain. Um, and it was kind of a vicious cycle because it was just all I thought about. Uh, then by God's blessing, I ended up in your shoes, Ashley, and I got pregnant. At this point, I had, this was my fourth child. And you know what? Since then, I have really worked on not obsessing about food and not obsessing about my body. I'm not saying that it's easy. Um, I think I have lost weight, gained weight. I've worked on my different things. I, you know, tried to exercise. Anyway, the whole point is, I think I've learned a lot about body image throughout my years. And I think kind of getting to this point in my life helps me to think that a lot of women do the same thing. So what about you, Ashley? What's your body story? Can you relate to me at all? Yes, I can. Actually, there has been a lot of times I've tried different diets up and down and been in weight, up and down in weight. But um, I was the oldest of three in my home, and I was always thin. I would, 
I'm a short person, and I was just 95 pounds when I took my driver's test. Oh, wow. <laughs> you think about now, I would still be in a car seat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I stayed small until I started having kids. Mm. Um, and when I started having kids, I struggled with gestational diabetes. And that caused a lot of ups and downs in my feelings about food and my weight for the first time in my life. Mm. I didn't like the way I felt and the way I looked. And I went from a young girl who never really thought about food at all to an adult that was obsessing about food and my weight uh, was all over the place. Mm. I tried lots of different diets throughout these years and sometimes I did lose weight and I gained it back pretty quickly. Uh, (laughs) Same 20 pounds there, girl. (laughs) Yes. I often found myself depressed when I thought about my appearance And it wasn't until years and years later that God gave me the grace to grow and that I was able to give up that food cravings and Mm. desire about my body image and give it to God. Uh, That's when I saw a lot of changes in my behavior and my feelings about my body image. Great. That's interesting. You and I have a lot of similarities, a few differences, because I did not, I was not born with a thin gene, but you know, it's actually interesting how it doesn't really matter what your body is shaped like or looks like. We kind of all struggle with this to some degree. Um, just a reminder, we are not doctors or health advisors. We are not here today to give you this diet is how you're going to lose weight. That's actually not what we're here. We actually want to talk more about the foundations. And maybe the word I would use is getting a change in thinking of this. So we're going to jump into that. Uh, one thing we're focusing on is contentment um, this summer. And this is where it gets hard, you know, like, is food good or bad? Can you, can you be a Christian and still struggle with your weight? How can we be content with our body image or how God made us? Did God mess up when he made me? Like, these are questions that are really common. Why is weight so hard to deal with? And why does it not affect my friend over here who never needs, seems to worry about it, you know? Um, what would Jesus say to us about our weight? Did God love us even if we don't look a certain way? I mean, oh, I'm so tired already thinking about all of these things. But I think these are really good things to talk about. And I'm glad that you're on with me today, Ashley, to talk about these. Okay, so let's just start with some basic questions. Okay, Ashley, what does the Bible say about body image and beauty? Like, we should go to the Bible for our standards. So what is the standard? There are so many verses and scripture passages that talk about our body. But the first thing that comes to my mind is the Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Um, It says, then God said, let us make man in our image. We learn a few things from this. First, that God made us. Hmm. And I know that can be an obvious thing, but we shouldn't overlook it. Right. We were not just a mistake or an accident, but God made each of us as individuals different from one another. As we're sitting here, like we look completely different. And they're both beautiful and made by God. Hmm. Then he said that what he made was good. God himself is pleased with his work and the way that we are made because we are his workmanship. We should keep that perspective in the forefront of our minds as we continue talking. Yeah. God is pleased with his work. And he made us individually. I love that. Um, We really should remember that. It's really good to, to think about. 
I also think about the verse in Psalm 139 where it says that we are not just made, but we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, I was just talking with my daughter-in-law who just had a baby, and we were discussing, um, oh, all the times after you have a baby. And one of the things she was mentioning to me was the fact that it was kind of cool how God designed our bodies, that after you have a baby and the baby you the baby is out, your body, your uterus still keeps contracting so that it can release everything that's in it and clean it out. And we were having this discussion about how, isn't it cool how God creates this, designs this whole system so that you are able to have children and to work to clean it out, you know, after we're done. And put it Uh, back to place. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You don't stay, you know, the same, you know, with a big belly all the time. Um, Also, I remember studying with my kids about the ear. And I always am fascinated because there's this little dinky bone. It's the smallest bone in the body. It's called the stirrup. But it is the most important thing because we have to have that little piece in our ear in order to hear. It, it works with two other bones and it, you know, does the vibration so that we're able to hear things. And it's amazing. I mean, just amazing that we could talk about the little things about our body and how God designed them individually so that we can really uh, use our bodies for him. So let's counter this because we can't just stop with what the Bible says. We got to look at what the culture said because that's what we're, you know, that's what's yelling loud to us. So what's the standard in our culture about our body? It says in 1 Samuel 16, 7, that God doesn't see the way that we see. We look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So although we were created in the image of God, we are tainted by sin. Hmm. God sees and judges our hearts but we as men naturally look at the outward appearance. This is that comparison culture that we live in today. We have come up with tons of ways to make our hearts discontent with comparing. Hmm. Pinterest and Instagram and YouTube, not to mention all the ads that we watch on TV and on our phones, they all feed us the lie that the standard worth all of our time and our money and our concerted efforts is our body. Hmm. We look, we idolize a youthful look. Our culture doesn't put value on the image of a life spent, spent giving your life, yourself, your body to others, but rather it values a life given to making oneself. Yeah, that's really true. Um, I remember reading about, I can't remember what famous celebrity it was, but it was a famous celebrity who gained a whole bunch of weight to be in a movie. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, wow, that is crazy. And then when the movie was over, they had like the showing for the movie and she was way back down to her size. And somebody was, some. I was reading an article and somebody was asking this famous celebrity about this situation. And she said, well, I, um, you know, like I had my trainer every day run and work out with me and I had my personal chef to make the exact right food and so of course she could get back down to her size because she all she was focused on was her body image and so that's exactly what you've said Mm -hmm. Uh, all her efforts were around looking good on the outside that is really crazy Uh, okay so you even you mentioned a little bit about how we're tainted by sin which We've talked a lot on the podcast about that we are all sinners and there is not one person on earth who is not sinful. All our sin, all are full of sin and have fallen short of the glory of God. So let's talk specifically in the area of body image. Ashley, what are some sins that someone might deal with who is struggling with body image? I know one of my biggest struggles has been the sin of idolatry. 
I like to make food, my God. I turn to it for comfort. I spend time meditating on it. Like you had mentioned before, sometimes yep. when you're dieting, Obsessing. you spend a lot of time <laughs> thinking about it, what you're going to eat, how you're going to prepare it. Um, and I put a lot of money into it. This is huge for me to realize when I started thinking through why I was overweight. Discontentment or anger at God for the way that we were made is another huge one. Uh, I have a friend that has PCOS. Okay, what is that? Well, it's a disease that causes a lot of weight gain and you really have a hard time losing it. It also mm. can keep you from getting pregnant and things like that. It leads to diabetes and mm. it, it causes a lot of health issues. But she works really hard every day exercising and she eats healthy with little to no change in her appearance. Yeah. And then I have a cousin that um, has a lot of pride in her appearance and she never wanted to have children because mm. of what it would do to her body. Oh. And, and cause changes in her that she didn't want to see. She put a very high value on her appearance. Yeah, having babies definitely changes how your body yeah. looks. And it's interesting that you bring out some, there are some issues women have that they're struggling with health issues. I think of women who have like, okay, so I know a woman who has multiple sclerosis, MS, and um, it is hard to exercise when you have that. It's good for you, but it's harder. Um, I know women who struggle with lupus or who struggle with other types of chronic illness, and it is there are some challenges, some medical things that cause issue. That sounds like what your friend has, and it's hard to balance it. And then it's interesting, the opposite side of that, your, your cousin, you said, mm-hmm. how easy it is to view that, and that ends up not bringing life into the world, which yeah. is something we are called by God to do, is to be a life giver. Mm-hmm. Well, these are just two sides of it, really. There's a lot of spots in between, right? Um, so let's talk a little bit about contentment. Why, why do you think, Ashley, people are discontent with their body, or women, I should say? Why are women discontent with our bodies? Why can't we just say, this is who I am, you know? I think it goes back to this culture of comparison. We spend so much time looking to the right and to the left uh, that we believe what is being said to us. Mm. The lies that we have to look a certain way to please our husbands or ourselves or our boss or whoever we want to please. But we forget that God is who we are striving to please. Mm. And remember, God looks at our heart. So it's important to remember to really evaluate what and who we are listening to. Okay, wow. I love that last sentence. Um, We need to evaluate what or who we are listening to. That's what you said. That is so interesting because our culture and everything around us is like yelling, like it's loud to us all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I think really you've just really hit the nail on the head with that. We really need to purpose in our minds to listen to truth about our bodies and what the Bible actually says because we've already talked about how we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And I think that's important. That's really good. Have you, Ashley, ever been discontent with your body? And, and, and then because we just talked about that, how did you or do you speak truth to yourself? I've definitely struggled with discontentment with my body. I've had a lot of children, and that can throw um, a lot of ups and downs in your body image. But whenever I start to dwell on my appearance, it really affects my behavior. I become irritated with my kids and short with my husband. And of course, it's because he can't love me the way I look. 
Hmm. And that makes me really angry with him. And <laughs> that's in my mind. I made up what he is thinking. Right. And I put it in my mind. And then I'm mad at him for something I think he's thinking. Right. But my husband is, is an engineer. And one time he told me to do a time study. I don't know if any of you have engineering husbands, <laughs> but they do time studies. Does he have a flow chart on the wall too? <laughs> Not in our home, but <laughs> there has been times that he have. Um but he told me to do a time study on how I was spending my time. Hmm. He deduced that I was spending time. Okay, wait a minute though. What is a time study? A time study is when you just look at how you're spending your time and graph it out. So you're kind of keeping and a record. Keeping logs of how, yep. how much time you're spending doing oh, what. I love that. Okay. And he, he thought that I was spending a lot of time meditating on lies and not on the word of God that I was being idle with my time and not working hard, and that I wasn't making healthy decisions. Hmm. He was right. Hmm. And this was often the truth when he asked me to do it. And each time I found myself depressed, it is one of those things or all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> right. In Psalm, it says to meditate on the word of God day and night. And when we strive to be more like God, we put a high value on truth. And this puts us in a, a good place to speak truth to the lies that are constantly being thrown at us. In Proverbs 31, it's not describing the external beauty of a woman, but rather what works, what work she is doing hard for the benefit of her family. She speaks kindly. She takes care of herself well. So just as I am putting scripture into my mind, I also need to be working hard, not being lazy, and doing what is good for my body to make it strong and healthy so that I can continue working hard for the Lord. Right. Yeah, interesting. Um, a couple things that made me think of it. One thing is in one of our talks with Erica Simpson, one of the times I spoke with her about this book, Learning Contentment, one of the questions was, if we're supposed to be content, does that mean we never, ever do anything to improve ourselves? And you just answered that. Your answer was, no, we keep working on ourselves. We keep making sure that we are eating healthy and making good food choices and we exercise. But it's not really about how we look that's going to be how we can serve God and what we do is for him. I also love, the, I love husbands. Let's just say yay for husbands who, and good friends who speak truth to us and mothers who speak yes. truth to us. All of those people do. And we really need to be listening to those who are encouraging us to, to listen to the truth of God's word. It's so good to hear how your husband encouraged you with his skills of engineering. I love that. He never knew he would be applying engineering to a health issue, but that's really good. And it's good to be thinking about it. It's helpful to think about that's a really good thing we could do this week is to do a time study and kind of think, where am I spending my time? Am I watching reels of, you know, body image things, makeup? I'm not saying any of those things are necessarily wrong. Putting on makeup isn't wrong. But what am I spending my time doing? Or am I meditating on God's word? Am I listening to good music that help? That is really helpful, Ashley. I'm glad you shared that. Um, and also, I love that you just shared right from your own personal experience, which is also good. Okay, so that makes me think of one more question. Um, can somebody who isn't struggling with their weight deal with body images? Like, do thin people have this struggle too? Of course. As women, we are really good at finding our own flaws. And we <laughs> tear at them until they are just an absolute horror to us. 
even a thin, beautiful model has to be airbrushed before they can be mm. front on the front of a magazine at the checkout. So no one can meet an imaginary, an imagined image because we're human. We're beautifully imperfect. Remember, we are God's workmanship and he is pleased. Yeah, that is really good to remember. Um, I remember when I realized that sometimes women who are naturally thin by nature struggle with their body image. When I was sitting with a friend and she was very thin, she um, was very pretty, and um, she was so thin that she really didn't have very many curves, and I was complaining about my curves, and some of them are extra curves. I have more than most people. But I remember her looking at me and she said, I would love to have curves. She said, I have zero, I have nothing on my chest, (laughs) you know? And I realized, oh, wow, she's struggling with the same thing I am. We just are on the different sides of the, of the coin. So um, I think that's interesting to think about. Maybe we need some more biblical forced perspective, right? Like that art I mentioned at the very beginning, we need to be forced to view our body in the right way, the truthful way, not in that delusional, the world's way. I think that's really important. So how can somebody view their body rightly? Well, it makes me think about 1 Corinthians 6.12. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Hmm. There is a lot to unpack in that verse, but like all things are lawful for me. It's okay to buy nice clothes to exercise, to diet, to wear makeup, but it counters that with, it may not be helpful for us. Mm. So if we are being ruled by our desires or find ourselves obsessing over what to eat or working out or wanting to be seen in a particular way by others, we are not putting God first in our hearts. And that's when we are being dominated by those things. We are giving away to a sinful way of thinking. Yeah, that's really interesting uh, because on both sides of the coin, we can be obsessing, right? So like I struggled with obsessing over the right foods to eat and manipulating my food so that I could eat what I really wanted to eat at the end of the day. And, um, And then I know friends who struggle with exercising, like they obsess over exercising to the point that they will not participate in some things because it means that they have to give up their morning run. Now, again, just what you said, watching what we eat isn't wrong. Exercising isn't wrong. Those are actually really good things. But I think the key word that I heard from what you said is balance. And I know the Bible doesn't actually use the word balance in regard to this, but I think that's kind of the direction that they're going. Uh, We have to be balanced in how we think about it. So we're not obsessing on how our bodies look. And yet it's okay to be beautiful or be attractive or wear current fashion, you know? Mm-hmm. And when we're not, we don't have to be so focused on exercising that we stop serving at church or we say, I can't read my Bible in the morning because I have to run first on my, you know, on my, uh, I was, treadmill, couldn't think of the word. Obviously, I don't use it that often, so that's probably why. But anyway, and care, you know, or caring for our families, you know, but we still need to exercise and go on walks or run or work out in some way. I, I really like the idea of balance. I think that's an important thing to remember. Um, And that will help us view our bodies better than what we were. Um, So what are, you know, if we're talking about all the things in in our lives that are struggles eating, what we shouldn't be eating, what we should be eating, how we should exercise when we shouldn't, all those things, 
what are some of the good things that God does call us to do with our bodies? Yeah, I, I think working hard is really important. God designed our bodies to work, hmm. and we need to be working hard. We're also to be self-controlled, to rule over our bodies and not be ruled by what we're thinking or feeling, but be ruled by truth. Hmm. Uh, also, to meditate on scripture day and night is very important to keep a right perspective. We're also to keep our bodies strong so that we can do the hard work that God called us to do. If we lay around and let our muscles become dormant, sure. we're not going to be useful in the kingdom. Mm. And if you're married, you're also called to please your husband. Hmm. Well, those are really good things. Um, I was thinking an additional thing. I love how you brought out the physical acts that we have to do, like working hard, um, you know, and then some of the mental things like memorizing scripture. That actually is a work we do with our bodies. Even though we may not use our hands necessarily, we are using our mind. And I think that's important. I also think another good thing we should do with our bodies is how we speak. You know, our words do really our impact on those around us. And that is something we can do with our bodies to build up and encourage others. Um, and I think it's easy to forget that, that our mouths are part of our bodies. So we got to do that. Okay, you mentioned something about pleasing our husbands. So I'm going to ask you another question, all right? And if you are listening to this and um, you have little ones running around, it may be time to pause and come back to it or pop your earbuds in, right? Um, how does the body pl- image play into intimacy? And how can we view this as really important? Or should it be important? Oh, it's absolutely important. Because I was actually reading recently, uh, USA Today reported that the number one reason women avoid intimacy is because they are uncomfortable with how they look. Mm. And I believe it. If yes. being tired can be a close second, because <laughs> that is very close second for me. Yes, I'm with you on that. The world tells us that our bodies have to meet a certain standard for our husbands to desire us. And we believe it a lot of the time. But God wrote an entire book on intimacy and marriage for us in um, Song of Solomon. And it's great, full of detailed writing about how these two people not looked but how they gloried in each other's enjoyment. Hmm. And when we get hyper-focused on ourselves and what we're, we're totally missing the point of a godly intimacy in marriage, God is pleased with how he made men and women. Our bodies go through a lot of changes as women, and they're good. And our husbands feel the same, that they are pleased with our bodies, even though they go through all of these changes. Hmm. I think we get too hyper-focused hmm. that they, sh- they shouldn't be pleased because it's not a standard in our culture. But they are, especially godly husbands that enjoy the work that our bodies do. Hmm. Um, so they, they can enjoy the changes in our bodies as long as we are content. When we get whiny and complaining they often find us very unattractive Hmm. because of our attitude, not because of our actual appearance. Right. That's a really good point. I remember I went to a a national, um, I may have shared this on the podcast before, but I I think it's really important to share now. I went to a national conference for mothers years ago, and there was one particular 
um, breakout session that I signed up for, and it was called How to Make Love with Children Wrapped Around Your Knees. It was so funny, the title. I thought that is so creative. But it was standing room only. And I think it's because women are, this is, they know it's important, but it's really hard. I mean, you got, if you're, if you're, have little children, you're tired. You brought that up. If you, your kids are older, you're tired. There's mm-hmm. just a lot going on. And also our bodies change and they just naturally change after having babies. And it's really hard. And I remember the thing that struck me by this speaker. I don't remember her name. I don't remember who she is. Um, I don't remember what year it was, but she said something that really um, was impactful to me. She said, the number one best thing you can do is stand at your, and look at yourself naked in the mirror. Now, that is not something that I would ever want to do. But she said, and start at the top of your head and thank God for every part of your body. And she was talking about how we should start and talk about, you know, God gives us our mind and he gives us our face and, and how we can bless others with what we say. And, you know, our hands are busy making food for our family. So thank you, God, for my hands. And all the way down to our toes and, you know, that we're able to walk around and do things. And so I, that really gave me a forced perspective because it's easy to think of our bodies in the, in the fact that we are, are like the glass is half empty. You know, like if I only had this, if, if I could only wear these clothes, if this only fit me better. But in reality, there are many good things we do with our body and we need to force ourselves to think about those things. I thought that was really good. Yeah, that's really interesting and uh, a great way to look at it. Yeah, are you going to go home and look no. at yourself in front of the mirror? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but it does remind us to be thankful. I'm with you too. Okay, so Ashley, can someone who struggles with body image, um, maybe they are you know, super thin or maybe they're you know, substantially overweight, maybe they're like you and I where we're kind of in the middle. You know, We've struggled up and down. Can they actually be used in the kingdom of God or do we need to wait till we're ready? No, but yes, they can be <laughs> used in the kingdom of God. Just like everything, we need to keep the right perspective by staying in God's word, not in the world. And we need to keep a delicate balance there that, yes, we need to be in the world, but we need to be in God's word more. The who we're listening to primarily is going to keep us grounded. Hmm. And if we're in God's word, we will have a sure foundation to keep fighting the lies of the world and to keep our heads in truth. Mm, that's good. I like that you, you, the key word I think is keep, right? Mm-hmm. It's something we should always be doing. So we've often talked on the podcast about how vital it is to be reading your Bible every day. If I could give anyone one piece of advice, I would say read a chapter of the Bible every single day. And my second piece of advice is to listen to the, listen to good things because that's exactly it. Maybe it's a good podcast. I, you know, this is, this would be one you could listen to, but there's many others or good music. Yeah. And those are really good things to keep that in there. And to talk about it during the day. Like talk about the scripture with your kids or with your husband or who you're with. It keeps you at the forefront of your mind. Yeah. Because you're practicing applying it. Yeah. Not just learning it. Right. That's good. I love that. Um, It also may mean that we have to choose how we use social media because it's kind of a big one. And maybe we have to stop watching certain TV shows or reading certain things. Um, Because sometimes those things can speak louder in our ears, especially if we are saturating our brain with wrong things. We we do have to be careful. Um, So Ashley, I know you have some daughters and I do too. And I think we have to talk about as mothers for a minute, how we should parent our children in regard to body image. And I'm sure there are boys out there who struggle too. um, But I really think daughters are probably the ones that 
probably are faced with it more. Um, so what tools have you found to be helpful? Um, a lot of training. The first thing is, of course, to train our children to love God and to value his what he values. And second, we need to teach our children to view life God's way. So this will overflow then into every area, especially teaching them to rule over their emotions and how to deal with them biblically. Hmm. This is a big thing with girls that they have a lot of emotions and these emotions aren't always true. Right. And they can be a gift from God, but we need to rule over them. Hmm. That's good. So when we see bulimia, anorexia, and dealing or constantly dieting and obsessing about weight, or even this new transgender movement, they're believing lies from somewhere that they are being fed, and they believe them. So it's our job as parents to counter that with mm. scripture and teach them how to think through things biblically. It takes a lot of conversations with young young girls, and they mostly want to talk late at night. Yes. I don't yes. know if you've seen this, yes. this but it, it's very tiring. Um, sometimes it takes drawing them out. I have some daughters that don't particularly want to talk about these issues, but I have found that going to them and asking specific questions about how they're feeling about what they're being taught in school sure. or what they're listening to on YouTube um, helps me understand where their thinking is mm -hmm. and what I can do to help correct it. Mm -hmm. I think that's really good. Second um, is teaching them how to stand on the word of God and not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. This may include teaching them how to have boundaries with the world's teaching and we've talked about this back earlier that we need to keep a balance that we should be listening to like good podcasts like this christian yep. music or um sermons sermons yeah. bible listening to the scripture on yes. audio those types of things when they want to be online this day and age our kids are spending a lot of time on yeah. their computers and on their phones and they're, it's fine to be listening to things, but we want to make sure that they're primarily being yeah. fed truth. Yeah, these are really great things to have conversations with our kids about. And they know when we are in the Word hmm. and when we've spent time meditating on it. And so they will never walk with the Lord when we spend all of our time listening to true crime podcasts yeah. or when we're watching soap operas during the day and not doing the work that God right. has called us to do. So are there we even need soap operas on anymore? I don't think so. But I just think about my mom and yeah, she never really time watched era. that. But that time period yes. is when they had all that. And um, But yeah, we, we can be spending our time unwisely. Yep. And our kids pick up on that. Yeah. And, and I love that. I wasn't knocking you for the soap operas. I was thinking, <laughs> I don't even know if they are. But but you're absolutely right. What What we do as moms is what we do is a bigger impact than what we say. Yeah, what we say is important and we should be speaking, but how we live is vital for our daughters to watch. That's really, really good. Those are really good pieces of practical things. And it's not like there's a book that we have to go buy. We can just start doing those things. Lots of time. Yes. Lots of time spent talking. And actually something I have found from reading about girls who were challenged with bulimia, anorexia, transgenderism, is that oftentimes... Um, they're having conversations of sorts with their social media. Now, they're not talking, but they're listening. And so many of these young women are drawn into these stories that are on, on um, 
Instagram or on Facebook or wherever they watch them. I don't know. Facebook's probably not for them anymore. But or YouTube and they watch someone do things and they follow their steps. So um, they actually are just full of lies. And I think one thing is teaching our daughters the topic and how to be discerning. And it's not something that we can just say to them, be discerning. <laughs> we have to do it with them. Yeah. And I think we have to walk them through how, what's wrong with what they're watching and what's right. Because there are some good things out there. Um, I just think it's important that we talk about that because I don't think our culture is going to change a whole lot. Yeah. Um, so they're going to be young moms someday or they're going to be young women. They're going to be older women and there'll still be a culture to deal with. So discernment's important. You know, Ashley, another lie that is a lie that, is all over the world is that youth and looking young is really important mm-hmm. and and that this is what actually will make you a real woman is if you look and stay young you know like you're always 22 yeah um ashley i know that this is a podcast and people don't see me but can you tell them what color my hair is it's a absolutely beautiful silver okay well thank you <laughs> the other word is gray but listen um we have to talk about growing old a little bit because the other side of this is um, not only are you young and dealing with body image, but as you grow older, and I'm not asking you to talk about it because you're not young or you're not old at all. I'm I'm the one who's who's old. You're young. But the Bible does tell us in Proverbs 16, 31, it says the gray hair is a crown of glory mm-hmm. and it is gained in a righteous life. And of course, we know gray hair doesn't equate or equal righteous living, right? It's just what the point is, is that old age is a good thing. And typically... The more older you get, the more information you know. And if you are purposing to follow Christ all of your life, you will grow in maturity and your faith will be stronger as you get older. Mm -hmm. Um, I also like a passage in Psalm 92 and it says, The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord and they still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. I just think there's just this tidbit of truth we have to remember is that old age can be a time when we can and should flourish. Uh, our culture tells us that youth is where it's at, but actually the Bible tells us something completely different. It tells us that we can flourish in old age and we can do good works for God when we're in our 40s or 50s or 60s or 70s or whatever. And I'm just, you know, just a side note, if you want to listen to more about this particular topic, I encourage you to head back to our episode we did with Judy Cleveland on the golden years. Judy is a woman who lives exactly what she spoke about. She flourishes. I mean, she is blooming all over the place. And she bears fruit, even though she would probably be considered on the older end of life. And um, I think it's great. She gave some really great practical examples. But two things that really stuck out to me from her episode. Number one is keep serving and doing things God calls us to do. She said there's no retirement when you're a Christian. And I think that's really good. We are never done being a Christian. We're never done serving. And the other thing she said is, no matter your age now, how you act now will be how you will be acting later on. So work on yourself right now. So if you are struggling in an area, you've got to work on it. You've got to honor God now. You've got to fight sin now. You've got to forgive in relationships now. Practice serving others now. Um, don't wait until you're older when you have more time do it now because that will actually be what you do when you're older. And that's how you flourish as an older woman. Um, I think those are really, really good things. And um, I'm, I think growing old is good. Uh, it definitely brings changes to a lot of things about us, our bodies, our minds, our time. But again, we're back to the same thing we talked about at the beginning, throwing into our brain good, 
good content, um, scripture verses and memorizing things. So we know we are called by God, no matter our age, to do good things for him. Absolutely. Okay, so Ashley, I think there's two more things we have to talk about. We cannot end our podcast episode today without talking about these because these are really important. Um, number one, how does social media relate in our body image and our being discontent with our body? Like, give me some sins to be aware of and maybe something we can do to counterbalance those sins. Yes, yeah, social media definitely breeds dif- discontentment in my life. There is lots that is just absolutely sinful and we shouldn't be looking at it all. Like pornography. Even if you're not viewing explicit things, are you watching movies or reels or things with really attractive men that you wish your husband was more like? Hmm. Um, What kind of things are we listening to? Like music. And I've mentioned before that we live in this comparison culture. And this means that everything on our phone is designed to make us discontent with ourselves so that we will buy whatever the world is selling us. So whatever we listen to or uh, watch is preaching to us. So we really need to be careful that we're listening and watching truth. That's a really good point. Um, And I I love that you brought out the idea that, um, because as women, most women are not looking at, at explicit pornography, I would say, but they are looking at soft porn. And that comes out in regular TV shows or episodes on Netflix or on some other streaming device. And we might say, oh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. But we do need to be aware of it and cautious because I, you, you asked yourself some questions. You know, is this something I should be listening to? Is this something I should be watching? And I think those are really good things to pull out. So do you think we should just stop social media, stop, you know, streaming services altogether and just throw it all out? And would that just solve this mm-hmm. for us? No, because we live in the world. We are to live in a world that we're not of. So no, but spending just too much time can be a stumbling block. I like to know what the latest trends are for my home and clothing and new ways to style my hair. But remember that although those things are fun and I really do enjoy them, it may not be helpful all the time if I don't keep it in its proper place. Mm. So just being aware of how much time we're spending on it uh, may be very helpful in guarding our hearts. Sometimes you may need to just take a break. And I know a lot of women that have said, for the summer, I'm not going to be on social media. And that's good, too. Yeah. I, I think um, we always need to be asking ourselves questions. And you've done that a lot today, Ashley. Kind of re ask yourself questions to evaluate. And I think that's a really good thing to do. Like, is when I'm, when I'm sitting here looking at Instagram, Facebook, watching this hair video in a story or going to YouTube to watch how to do something, is this helping me? Um, and how is it helping me? Or is it hindering me and causing me to sin? And I think we have to ask ourselves questions. Yeah, I think it can be beneficial to our ministry sometimes as well to know yes. where the culture is. And yes. So um, I wouldn't say to write it off completely, Yeah. but to just keep it in perspective. And we're back to that same word of balance. Yes. Because you got to have a balance with it. Okay, number two, the next, the next thing that I think we can't end without talking about is food. Okay, so, I mean, we just cannot stop this episode without having a conversation about it. So here we go. Here's my questions. Is food good? Is food bad? Why can some people eat anything they want and never gain weight? Why is so much of our culture centered around food? What's the best diet and can we eat potatoes? And are carbs the eighth deadly sin? I mean, seriously. Okay. 
the truth is those are probably all relatively unanswerable questions. But I do think we should talk about the Bible and what it says about food. So Ashley, what does the Bible say about food? Oh man, the Bible says so much about food. And I couldn't even think about all the all the Bible verses that we could talk about here. We but would be here for four days. It would be for a long time. <laughs> the Bible really does have a lot to say yeah. about food. Uh, but in Genesis one twenty nine, God says, Behold, I've given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with seeds in its fruit shall you shall have them for food. In Genesis 9.3, it says, Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I have given you the green plants, I give you everything. Hmm. So what do you think that means? How can we apply that verse? Well, I think it goes back to before. Everything is given to us, but it may not always be helpful. Yeah. I think that's really important to think about. And I think it's easy to make a blanket statement and say no one should ever eat potatoes, okay? And I'm sure there's some people out there right now thinking, well, I never eat potatoes. And that's totally fine. But I think when God gives us things, we can use them for his glory, even in eating. And I think that's a good thing to do. But Ashley, what are some of the sins that we might be tempted into because of food? Yeah, I think as women, we talk about this food a lot. (laughs) Yes. Because we're cooking food, we're dieting, we're staying away from food. But definitely gluttony. God has given us food as a good thing. But we tend to overeat sometimes out of emotions because we just want to or because we're having cravings. But either way, it's sinful. Hmm. Food shaming is here too. We often eat special diets out of conviction or because it has helped us in a certain way to eat a certain way. But there is a lot of Christian freedom here. And we don't always know what somebody else's medical conditions are and the way that we feel convicted to eat might be really harmful to someone else. Yeah. Or I remember having someone, um, I think it's tricky when you're having doing hospitality and inviting people into your home. And I remember having a time when I had someone come in and they would not eat most of what I had on the table. And mm-hmm. uh, it could have been, um, there could have been a health issue there, but I think a lot of it was they really just wanted to be super thin. So they want to stick with their diet for the evening. Um, and I don't think I remember making anything crazy. It was probably like meat grilled on the grill, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, there is a place that's where food shaming yeah. comes in a little bit. And yes. I think it's important to think about that as we go into people's homes. Um, and we shouldn't be using our diets as uh, to hold them higher than the work God has called us to right. do. And hospitality and being... a um, welcomed into somebody's home should always be on the forefront of my mind. How can I minister to these people? And food should never be a hindrance to that. Yeah. And I do, I have watched people, I will say this, who were cautious with what they ate, but it wasn't like, didn't become the topic of conversation. Part of it, I think, is how we present it, right? And I think that's that's a really good point. Um, also, I will agree with you that <clears throat> sometimes it's easy to think, If somebody would just do it the way I'm doing it, they would lose all their weight, right? Mm -hmm. So I have a story. I love stories. I had uh, just delivered my third child, and I was not the size I wanted to be. And we were in a couple's Bible study, and I was feeling all of those feelings you feel after you have a baby. You know, my clothes don't fit really well. I have extra 
you know, chunk here and there. And, um, you know, I just was feeling uncomfortable. So I had shared this as a prayer request that I really wanted to get back down a little bit to the size I was in. And after we were done sharing this prayer request and the women in that Bible study, well, there was actually a couple study. So there's men in the study too, but um, they were very gracious. All those women knew what it was like to have a baby and not feel yourself. Um, but one particular gentleman um, who was very thin came up to me afterwards and he said, oh, I know exactly what you're supposed to do. I can tell you exactly how to get rid of this baby weight. And I was like, okay, what is that? And he goes, well, you just drink a Diet Mountain Dew for breakfast and a Diet Mountain Dew for lunch. And then you just eat a small portion at dinner. And he goes, that's how I stay thin. Well, I was actually very angry inside. I responded, you know, nicely because I know how to be nice on the outside. But my heart was so mad at him. I got in the car and like burst into tears with my husband. Here's where our husbands come in again, right? And I told him the whole story. And um, my husband looked at me and he said, you know, listen, Julie, you should not feel very bad because something you need to know is that this guy is actually a chronic smoker. And when you smoke every day, all day long, like a pack a day, it actually is an appetite suppressant. So his addiction is actually what's keeping him thin. It is not him making good choices. I was super duper relieved. And then my husband reminded me that he loved me the way I was and that I just had a baby and I shouldn't be so hard on myself and all those things. And it was good. Um, and I was so thankful actually for that because it reminded me that we should be more compassionate to those around us who are different sizes than us and that we should be encouraging them. And yes, if someone says, hey, come alongside of me, you want to walk together, then let's go walking, you know, let's encourage each other in different ways. Uh, but I think it's good to talk a little bit about the areas of food and the sin. Sometimes I think women, and I'm sure men do too, tend to overeat. I know this is probably what I do the most. I get eating fast. I can have my dinner gone on my plate before my family even is done because I'm busy, busy, busy. So how can we fight overeating? I mean, like, what are some really good practical steps? Oh, I love overeating. I really <laughs> love food. <laughs> and I have struggled with this so much over the years, um, but when I really want to get to the root of it, I start with prayer. Uh, I need to find out why I'm overeating. It may be, it may be emotion-driven or cravings or a control issue or just idleness, but all are ungodly ways to eat. So once I come to why I'm eating, then I do a study about that particular thing in scripture and get God's perspective about hmm. how he wants me to deal with the root cause of why I'm overeating. Sometimes that with me, it was cravings that were uncontrollable. They were hmm. very, very strong. And it had to do with a medical condition. In my case, I then would talk to my doctor about why this is happening and I did that while I was studying God's word. Hmm. So I definitely think if you are struggling with a medical condition, talk with your doctor about why you would be craving and also study God's word on what he says about it. Next, I would take practical steps with eating God's way. Like when I was craving badly and it had to do with my medical condition, I would crave foods that my doctor advised me I should shy away from. So in this case, eating these foods was not taking care of my body and not being obedient to God hmm. in doing the hard work that I was encouraged to do. 
So I needed to bring my body into submission and to rule over those cravings Hmm. and do the hard work that my doctor and my husband and the Lord really had for me to do. So until my medical condition was under control, it was sin for me to eat those foods. And as I grew in self-discipline, God blessed my efforts and I started feeling better and I really grow spiritually by the act of ruling over my body. I love the word you use, self-discipline. I think self-discipline is really, I mean, okay, it's God-discipline, right? But it is really important, like to fight the sin and retrain your thoughts to truth. These are just important things, really, with any sin we're struggling in, is just to um, take it under submission of God's will and God's rule. And uh, that's really, that's very good. Instead of being a specific diet, doesn't mean you can't follow a specific diet, but not to let that become your God, the diet itself. So another question that I think is important and almost, um, actually, I was talking with my husband about these questions um, in a car ride. We went for a long car ride recently somewhere, and I I was sharing with him some of the questions I was asking today. And um, I asked, I told him this one, and he goes, whoa, you're going to ask that question? I said, I think it's a good question. And he said, well, I think you're going to get some really interesting answers. So here's my question. Are you ready? Can a woman who's overweight or just not thin still be used by God in the kingdom? You know, can, can they do good things? Absolutely. Uh, as I mentioned before, I have this friend with PCOS, and she is overweight, but not because of laziness or gluttony on her part. She works hard to eat well and exercise in a way that's pleasing to God, and she keeps it in the proper perspective. And actually, that is one of her greatest attributes to the kingdom of God is her contentment with the way God made mm. her in a society that would say she is way too overweight yeah. and she can't be used. So we need to commit our works to the Lord, whatever they are and in wherever, whatever place God has you. And actually, you know, Ashley, I'm sort of answering this question with you because if we wait until our bodies are perfect before we try to serve God, we will actually end up never serving God. Mm-hmm. And we are all sinners. And so one woman may struggle with the sin of gluttony, which is an, a real sin mm-hmm. to struggle with. And someone else may be struggling with the sin of gossip, but it's all sin. Yeah. And someone may be struggling with the sin of laziness. And then someone else may be struggling with a different sin. And so instead, we need to commit our work to the Lord. And, and you said that, commit our work to the Lord in whatever they are. And I think that's a really good thing to think about in regard to this. Um, so... What good does food do for us? And what should we do with all this idea of food? <laughs> well, I have a lot of food, man. I got to go clean my pantry out after we're done recording today. That's I told my daughters, help me do this today because it's like overwhelming in there. And I don't know if your pantries get like that, but it is. I can't find I, anything. You I know? have a daughter that takes care of the pantry oh, for well, me because that's I'm, good. it is yeah. overwhelming. <laughs> and then I'm going to be like, oh, let me, let me try. I forgot. Are these good? You know, I'm going to have to sample things. So I'm going to have to, you know, get some help, but. Okay, so is, is, what are we going to do with all this food? Oh, God has given us food. And in scripture, it talks about he's given it to us to gladden our hearts, to nourish our souls, and uh, to praise him, to remember great works that he has done, and to serve others through hospitality and um, feeding the sick and the poor. 
He has given food as a great way to be used in the kingdom. Yeah, I I love those things. That's a great list to remember. And if we are looking at that list, um, that helps us remember that food is not bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just what we do with it, which is probably true with anything we do, right? God has given these things to us for to use for his glory. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could talk for the next three hours Ashley, and still not cover everything that we could have talked about, you know. But I think this is just a good beginning. And um, we could actually make this into a series. And maybe we should talk again about it sometime. But I think it's so helpful. But there were some things you said throughout today that I thought were really good. And I think I want to repeat them. Because I think it's good to kind of have like a little summary today. Um, I heard you say four really big and important things. Okay, number one, keep truth of God central in our lives. You commented multiple times that we have to kind of retrain our brain to think how the Bible tells us what to do. And one of those um, vital truths is how we are created by God and he has created us and our bodies to be used for his glory. Mm -hmm. That was good. Uh, I think another theme today was being balanced with what we do. In our approach to our bodies, and our approach to food, exercise, you know, it's okay to like certain fashions or to buy a new tube of lipstick, but these items are just kind of accessories to our lives. Um, They don't make us who we are, and it's our heart where the action really happens. And we need to be balanced in how we approach the things having to do with how we eat and how we exercise. Okay, number three. Okay, one more thing um, that you said is to not segment our spiritual lives from our physical lives. You know, they actually blend together. And we need to pray that God will help us as we deal with our physical lives, including our bodies, what we eat, what what we do. Um, that actually is the way that we honor God in our spiritual lives is by taking ownership and, um, and, con- and help having the Lord help us to control those things. Um, and lastly, I think one thing um, that to bring up that's a really good principle toward the end of our episode today is that we are sisters in Christ and we should be encouraging each other in the area of our bodies. Um, we should do this in a n- non-condescending way, right? Um, we need to build each other up. I actually have been walking once a week with a good friend of mine and my goal was to walk and pray because I needed to do both of those things this summer better. And uh, we have this cool thing going on at um, in the Women of the Word Ministry, um, which is what supports this podcast. And we are doing something called the Iron to Iron Challenge this summer. And everyone's picking something you want to grow in. And I love that. And I thought, I need to walk. So I have been trying to reach out to different women and just going for a walk with them and talking. Um, I think it's something that we can do every day. And I think encouraging each other is a great, great way to go. I think it's good. Um, Ashley, it was so good to have you on today to talk with you. Um, I'm glad you came. Thank you for having me. It was really fun and new experience for me. Yeah, you did a great job. I, I think you still have a radio voice. It's, it's calming. Oh, thank I you. like that. Yeah. Is it always calming? No. no. <laughs> okay, would you pray for us as we leave today? Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise you for the way that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We pray that you will strengthen all of us women in your word so that we can learn how to praise you for all the wonderful works that you have designed for our bodies to accomplish. I pray that you will keep us all grounded in contentment as we think about our bodies. You are a great God and have made your creation in great ways and we praise your name. We pray these things in the name of your Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hey, join us next week as we do a couple more chapters, chapters 9 and 10, 
in the book by Nancy Wilson called Learning Contentment. I hope you have a chance to read it and listen and talk along with us as we discuss this book and how it has really affected my friend Erica Simpson and I. Um, She's my guest for those special book chats. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.